When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Draft coverage tomorrow right here on 6.30 Chad. First round, we're going to be on from 5 to 9, Bob Stoffer and me. And then we are on 10 to noon on Saturday for the latest on rounds 2 through 7. Oilers will be making the 19th selection Ken Holland says they would be uh, leaning towards making uh, the pick a forward, though I'm curious to see what they're going to do if goaltender Sebastian Kosa is there from the Edmonton Oil Kings. I got a text here, 780-496-0063. Peter says, do guys like Hyman, who have always been in the East, do you think he actually wants to change conferences? Does geography matter with him? Well, I, you know, Hyman's interested in the Oilers. I, I mean, they did ask to, for permission to speak to Edmonton. You know, Jason Greger reported that Hyman was here, uh, I guess, yesterday. So he's clearly open to, to making the move or at least looking. I, I think it depends on the player. I do know this. I mean, a lot of players who've gone from east to the west say that there is an adjustment in the travel and the road trips are a little longer and you're more often playing games out of your own time zone. So that is an adjustment players have to make and maybe might discourage some players. You know, and Hyman is from Toronto, so it's interesting that, uh, uh, well, like Gord Stelic and I talked about, the, the Leafs simply don't have uh, the, the cash either. But I, I, that's a good question, Peter. I think it depends player to player. Some players do want to play in a certain part of the world i mean why is duncan keith an oiler because he wanted to be closer to to penticton so i i think it depends on on the player but you know sometimes the travel and like i said the time zones and all those types of things could affect the player and how he feels and how well he plays before we uh, go to rocket on the phone line i want to get to this clip from ken holland earlier today he explained why he will not be spending big money on the blue line this offseason we won't be big game hunting uh, on the back end, if if you're talking eight million dollar defenseman, I, you know, part of what I have to factor in is, you know, obviously Darnell Nurse is an unrestricted free agent, um, you know, on a flat cap, whether the cap is eighty one point five next year or eighty two point five, you know, I look at um, I look at the players on our team right now, you know, Ethan Bear is a restricted free agent a year from now, um, Jesse Pugliarvi is an unrestricted free agent a year from now. Um, Darnell Nurse is is a, is an unrestricted free agent a year from now. Um, I just can't go out and spend all this money. You know, you're, the big game hunting is going to be term. It's not only going to be big big cap numbers. It's going to be big. It's going to be big term. Um, so I have to factor that into whatever decisions I can't just go to 81.5 and have all that 81.5 tied up in 2022 in the summer of 22. And then, and then, I mean, obviously Darnell's at a 5.6 cap number today. Ethan's at a $2 million cap number today. Um, Jesse's at a 1.175 cap number today. You know, you could total those three up 
Um, so just internally, I have to make sure that I've got some money set aside, you know, that, that that's going to come off the books um, as, I, as I look towards the summer of, 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 of uh, 22. So I don't see, I do, I do not see us doing what, you, if, if you're calling seven, eight million dollar defenseman big game hunting, uh, we will not be in the big game hunting um, uh, mode. Okay, so I think that rules out Dougie Hamilton or somebody like that. 780-496-0063. Rocket is on the line. Hey, Rocket, go ahead. Yeah, I heard that clip, and I agree with him 100%. Like, what you're looking for here is not like, uh, you know, an $8 million defenseman. Uh, You know, Duncan Keith sure was in his day. But you're looking for someone to replace Larson. And I was listening to Bob Stoffer today. And uh, I liked uh, his selections for for uh, players that could possibly fill that role. Or if you're the Oilers and you want to go, you know, more of a, an offensive route, uh, re-sign Tyson Berry. I know that's not appealing to a lot of people. <clears throat> but uh, my question is, if Hyman doesn't work out, it creates another new problem for, uh, you know, like not to say all of his eggs are in one basket, but it creates another problem for Holland. Um, I believe that, you know, when a, when a player comes here and has a chance to play with Dreisaitl and McDavid and has already played in this atmosphere in Toronto, uh, I think someone like Hyman would welcome that on a on a long term thing where he has a family, a one year old, you know, ready to uh, you know try and make his dent in the league and win a Stanley Cup. What are you, what are your thoughts? Uh, like in terms of how who else they could get besides Hyman or how viable Hyman in, is? Which do you mean? In 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 terms of what Zach Hyman's thinking. And uh, I guess part two of that, yeah, I should have said that. Part two is like, wh- like I know, I know Holland has a second plan. Do you think that's Chatar? I don't know who it is, actually. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at some of the other free agents, or do you try to trade for Jake DeBrusque or somebody like that? Uh, look, I, I, it's hard for me to tell you what Hyman's thinking. <laughs> I have never met the man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but... Again, he's clearly interested, right? He's clearly interested, and he has clearly shown that he can play with high-end guys and be a very good complementary player. And if he's coming to Edmonton, he's going to be in a top-six role. And if he wants to make X amount of money over the rest of his career, then he can say, okay, this is what I want the total value of the contract to be. And then Ken Holland can say, well, I need to spread it out over this many years. So, I mean, I would think think if I'm Hyman, that's probably what I'm thinking. At 29 years old, he's going to be 37 if he signs a seven-year or 36. Yeah. Well, I don't. 37, so, yeah, um, I know. Well, that's a, that's what I'm wondering. And I'll, Rocket, I'll leave you on the line because I want to ask you a question here. Like Martin texted in, he says uh, Zach Hyman. It's simple. We have him for four good years, one okay year, and then they buy them up. Then the Oilers buy him out. I so, agree. Cap, you know, the, it's easier said than done. The cap space could be like much larger by then, and it may not be an issue five years from now from, you know, with COVID. So do you not factor that in as a GM? 
I think so, that the, the money would go up. But still, I, I think Holland knows that he's got to make some hay here in the next five years. And look, I'm not one of those people that thinks that McDavid is going to want to trade if they lose in the first round or whatever. But hey, you know, most players, if they don't mind being unrestricted free agents if they can. That happens in five years to McDavid. So here, here's what I want to ask, and Martin kind of referenced this. Like, as an Oilers fan, and you've been through such crap... How successful would the team have to be in the next five years where after five years, you just don't care? You can say, well, Hyman's washed up, Nuge is old, McDavid might want to leave, but we had this. Like, how successful would they have to be in the next five years for you to be possibly entering another decade of darkness? If I want to be Ken Holland, I look at Glenn Sather and you go all in and you go all in right now and you spend everything you have to spend to win some Stanley Cups. You do it smartly. I'm not saying you have to be foolish, but the time is now, and you have to you have to make more strides than than uh, you know who knows. Like maybe maybe they could have gone to the semifinals last year, right? Break or two here or there, or whatever. Like, but. I like what they're doing. Like, they got Keith, right? This guy is a vicious, like, vicious, vicious player. He's he's not just like a small defenseman like everybody talks about. This guy will, like, you know, he's... He, I, I like that pick. Hyman, I like that because of his versatility. So, I like where Holland's going. Yeah, it was bad. We lost Larson, but it's a hole that you have four million dollars that you can refill. Yeah. Well, the they might buy O'Neill and have another three point eight. Rocket, I hey, bet. The problem I gotta is get to the next caller, okay, man? And, and Stafford mentioned like a lot of guys, right? That could possibly fill that role. Savard, etc. Okay. All right. Thank you, Rocket. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Jason standing by. Hey, Jason. Thanks for calling. You're on. Hi, Reader. I love the show. Just a quick question. Uh, Have you heard any update about the rumor between the Koskin and the Phil Kessel trade deal? Uh, No, no, not lately. Not, uh, we talked about that. I can't even remember if it was earlier this week or, or last week we talked, I I haven't heard anything else about that. Uh, there's, did you see Jim Matheson was speculating about Koskin into Buffalo and somehow getting Ristolainen out of there? So that'd be something, but yeah, even Phil Kessel, <laughs> having that, just having that experience on those on our bottom six or whatever he can do is, uh, yeah, I think a big asset for us. So, okay, well, yeah. I want to ask you this: let's let's say the Oilers get Hyman. Yeah, does that give them five legitimate top six forwards? If you have Hyman, McDavid, Puliarvi, Nuge, and Drysital, yeah, Yamamoto, I still like, but he didn't have a great year. Like, do you, do you run Yamamoto in the top six, or do you still look for somebody else if you get Hyman? I would spread it out if I, if I had that chance, like with Hyman, uh, because we still need that 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 third center line, that, that guy that's going to do that place. Like, I hope McLeod can mature into that, into that role. If I was able to keep the guys, uh, and if Hyman can help with McLeod in that role, that'd be awesome. I think the, the, bottom, the bottom six there is... Uh, the ones that we were really that really stood out was Archibald and McLeod. The rest are kind of just, you know, better things we can do. Yeah. But I would say, I would say Hyman is good. Uh, he would sure be a big asset to us, even with Phil Kessel. With Phil Kessel being on on a top six, that would be uh, 
he's a sniper. He can snipe when he wants to. So uh, I really like the move that he's making, and uh, I hope him the best again this year. Jason, thanks for calling, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks. That is Jason, 780-496-0063. Mick has written and he says, um, he says, for me to be happy over the next five years, the uh, Edmonton Oilers would have to be Stanley Cup contenders the next two years, win the Cup in the third and fourth year, and be a a Cup contender in year five. That is what the Oilers fans deserve. Yeah, like, again, I I, I don't want to, like, I'm not dumping on the team. Because they're like again, they're a good team. I I just don't see them as cup contenders yet. I mean, I think where they are it, once they get into the playoffs. Now, who knows what the roster is going to like? Like this past year, so they lost in four straight to the Jets. Jets then go and lose in four straight to the Canadians. Like the Oilers could have gone deep this year, but they would have needed outstanding goaltending. And not that Smith was bad against the Jets, but. Hellebuck was outstanding and they would have needed a couple of depth players to play over their heads, right? Or someone like Yamamoto go on a tear or pull the RV go on a tear. Whereas Tampa, you look like, well, that's solid. Like they don't need guys to go on a tear. They just need the guys to play normal. Roadhammer says, so you're telling me that one of your mother's least favorite players may be coming to the Edmonton Oilers. Yes. Zach Hyman. My mom said today she would be okay with it. She said, if he would be, if he's an oiler, then he's fine. Those were her exact words. 7804960063. I'm uh, willing to hear from anybody who's a mother themselves or you. 7804960063. Back after the break. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, 22 minutes after 7. Jody Shelley, always love talking to Jody, covers the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, but we always love to have him on just to kind of tell some stories. I'm sure he'll talk about Duncan Keith, and I, I believe Jody's doing some sort of RV or driving trip or something like that. So uh, we will get the details from Jody coming up between 7.30 and 8. Our draft coverage starts tomorrow at 5, and Stoffer, who's going to be with me from 5 to 9 tomorrow, also has Oilers now from noon to 2. So check out that excellent program as well. 780-496-0063. I'm very happy that Cam has called in. Hello, Cam. Go ahead, man. Uh, did you say Ken? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was Cam. Hey. My apologies, hey. Ken. No, no worries. I've been called worse. Good okay. evening, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know... I think Zach Hyman could help our team, no doubt. I am concerned about the length of term we're going to be stuck with that contract, and I don't think we want to ever go into that decade of darkness again. But I I just really think there's a lot of teams that are up against it. Uh, Tampa Bay, for example, has to move out some contracts, uh, whether they want to or not, to get under the cap. Uh, There's going to be some availability, and I, I just think we need to wait for some opportunity. You know, uh, you know, last uh, year, Winnipeg ended up moving out of disgruntled Liney. Not that I think that's the guy we need. And, uh, you know, and, and Dubois went back to them. Like, there's going to be guys that come available throughout the year. I don't think we're going to struggle to barely make the playoffs like we did in the past. So I just hate to see ourselves painted into a corner with nowhere to move again. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what positions concern you here? Because, I, 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 you know, I, I talk all the time, winger, third line, 
franchise goalie cup but i mean i don't i'm not necessarily right like what positions really concern you as holes you, you know i think we're panicking i mean i think we we've, we've got some good young forwards coming uh, coming up uh, they they need to get some playing time to get experience to get nhl become nhl caliber um i think goaltending i i like smitty but not as your number one i mean he you know he can put in some some games and maybe he plays 30 percent of your games um so i do think we need to upgrade there uh can we get some value or a draft back for miko so that our hands are untied to go look for another goaltender i mean there's a ton of goalies looking for jobs this year certainly we can find something out there that can uh that can come in and, and do a solid job and, and we got stayed off we never did have a look at him last year yeah, he's a bit of a wild card, isn't he? You know, and, yeah. and I, I will give you credit for saying something because I, I think sometimes I get a little, not necessarily pessimistic, but I might overlook some of the draft picks because, let's face it, Ken, during that decade of darkness, the Oilers had almost no internal solutions. Like, they didn't draft very well after the first round. And even some of those, like, yak, ultimately didn't work out. So, you know, maybe Holloway is a shooter and a hard worker on the wing. Uh, maybe yep. Broberg's a solid defenseman. Uh, you know, I think, you know, Ken Holland said today, Bouchard's going to be on the team full-time, and, and and he starts to develop. It's just, and that and to me, that's such a key to the Oilers becoming, hopefully, a good franchise, is that they're not chasing free agents and trades to build the roster. You might do that to add a touch or two, yeah. but yeah. you have most of the solutions internally. And I think so, and I, I don't know. I think we have is Slater Cuckoo still here as well. Um, He's a UFA. Here? He's going to be a free agent. So, okay, but I mean, there's a chance to re-sign him. And I thought he looked pretty decent in stretches last year before the injury. Um, you know, so there are some options on our back end too. I mean, Legison got some experience last year. Uh, I, I just don't know why we're panicking. Our, our defense wasn't horrendous. We didn't have the best goaltending tandem, and, and we improved our goals against average last year. Thanks, Ken. I appreciate it, man. That is Ken, 780-496-0063. Always appreciate your calls. Have time for more, and Jody Shelley's coming up inside Sports on Chet. this little ditty you have playing this is ride the monkey by burning rain uh roadhammer why are they here roadhammer our champion in the sylvan lake alliance of wrestling the slaw the uh he has never he's undefeated he's our undefeated champion he is our one and only champion in the slaw requesting on the sometimes we do that if you if there's a song you want to hear coming back from commercial break we'll we'll try to play it for you we like guitar rock and no naughty language in the first 40 seconds or so, uh, so please. we got to trust you there. Roadhammer wanted Ride the Monkey by Burning Rain. I, had not, I have not heard of that song nor that band, Roadhammer. So thank you for broadening my horizons. That is very much appreciated. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Man, oh, man, a lot of hockey talk this week, and it'll continue into next week. The draft round one is tomorrow. Coverage here on 630 Ched with Stoffer and me from 5 to 9. More draft coverage from 10 to noon on Saturday. 
Free agency is uh, Wednesday. I think Stoff is going to start his show early on uh, Wednesday, and we're going hot and heavy with football. The Elks had a regeneration day today, a regeneration day today. They did post some pictures on their social media of the uniforms for this season. They are quite similar. The 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 new new look will will be in place for next year. So the uniforms are pretty much the same, except the names and numbers are white instead of gold. So it does look different. Looks a little bit more green bayish. And uh, I, I did uh, I did notice that Bel Air Direct has a sponsor patch on the jerseys which is notable because Bel Air Direct was the company about a year ago that kind of gave the team the ultimatum about changing the name, and we discussed that a lot. So it looks like Bel Air Direct is, uh, is remaining a sponsor of the team now known as the Edmonton Elks. Speaking of the Elks, voting is now open for the franchise all-time All-Stars. Presented by 630 Chet and Global News Hour at 6. Go to 630Chet.com, vote for the players you feel are the greatest ever to play for the team you can also enter your name for a chance to win a pair of elks seasons tickets and then you're going to listen to this show next week to see if your favorites make the cut we'll have discussion we'll uh, have some of the guys on who are the top vote getters and some of the cat they're broken up by position i think uh, i think morley scott and kevin carius kind of took the reins coming up with the list some pretty impressive lists there for sure so you'll have fun voting and uh, happy to hear from you tonight you can text 780-496-0063. You can call the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, by using that same phone number. Follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Wilkins like Dominique. He's a better athlete. We did have him on the show a few years ago. For a, uh, He was moderately disinter- disinterested during the interview, but we got him on. <laughs> you could well i mean i don't know i'm not i just think he was kind of like what i'm doing an interview with a guy in edmonton because we have the same last name okay <laughs> and uh email inside sports at 630chet.com jody shelley coming up before i, I hand it over to adler at eight o'clock tonight always fun to have jody on the show i uh, want to get to a little bit more from ken holland here oh and by the way the oilers schedule is out Uh, the Oilers' schedule is out. Home opener, October 13th against Vancouver. Seattle, only regular season visit November 1st. Leafs here December 14th. Canadians here in March on March 5th. There's a story up on uh, the Ched website, or you can go to the Oilers page, or go to the Oilers website, of course, to get the in, uh, entire schedule. Ken Holland, also a story on some of his comments today. Mike Smith has been signed for two years. Uh, one of the things he confirmed today during the Zoom availability. And Holland was asked, what sort of moves does he need to make for him to consider it a successful offseason? Well, obviously, um, with you know, Tyson Berry's an unrestricted free agent. Um, I am in, con- you know, in communication with uh, Pat Brisson. You know, I-, I had an offer on the table for, uh, for Adam Larson, you know, you know, those two right-shot defensemen last year probably played, did they play 40 minutes a night? I mean, they must have been close to 20 minutes each. You know, our expectations are that Evan Bouchard's going to be in there every night and, um, you know, be an everyday player. So, you know, maybe maybe he can take a little some of that. So certainly I got to get, I need to sign, um, I have to do something on defense, you know, 
you know, I've just talked about Barry and, 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 and uh, you know, obviously we had Kulikov at the end of the year. You know, you think about, you know, Kulikov's unrestricted, Barry's unrestricted, Larson's now gone to Seattle. So um, I do know that between now and training camp, um, I need to make an addition or two on the back end. And then, um, you know, I had lots of, of the, the, the bottom part of the, the roster forwards that were on one-year deals, um, you know, uh, told many of them that, that I won't resign them. So I'm going to go to market and, you know, try to find some players that, um, much like we've done the last two years, that are going to be, you know, we bottom part of the roster players forwards that are going to uh, be lower salary players that's everybody's got that that's that's again that's a part of the of the um, equation so what would be successful if i can obviously um, fill out our defense and feel good about our defense fill out sort of the bottom part of our uh, forward roster spot maybe get a maybe get a uh top six at a top six forward that's probably what we're looking for all right well yeah so i mean obviously they need d probably a couple d with larson not coming back and if they get zach hyman all right that's that's a top six forward right there and maybe you're still looking for somebody else uh with depth players i mean it looks like Kara's not going to be back cahoon uh chase probably not coming back maybe even alex chase winds up going to europe i heard that uh, rumor earlier today maybe he could get a deal with another team so anyway uh just some things to consider i, I you know i think the oilers needs are, are fairly obvious we can debate maybe which ones are the most uh, vital but i think ken holland kind of hit on the bullet points there talking about uh, talking about uh what i was mentioning before we went to the news with uh, with ken who called in filling roster holes from within that will be vital if the oilers are going to become a truly successful franchise here's what holland had to say about filling roster holes from within well, that has to be a part of the part of the of this equation. Um, it has to be that either one of two things: either some young players on your roster take a step, you know, you've Yamamoto, Pulyarvi, Bear, Bouchard, McLeod. I'm just trying to think of the young players that finished the year on our team. That has to be a part of the equation that they take a little bit of a step, and then or or that you've got you get, we get a surprise by Broberg, Holloway. You know, Samarukov, trying to, you know, that all of a sudden they come in and, you know, Ethan Bear was a, was a nice surprise two years ago. He made our team out of uh, out of training camp. Ryan McLeod obviously played so good in, in Bakersfield. The thought was that I was going to leave him there all year. He played so good, we brought him up for the last 10 games. So that has to be that has to be a part of, of, of the equation. If that's not a part of the equation, then 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 it gets to it gets to be much more difficult. Well, yeah, I mean, they need Bouchard to play this year, probably Broberg within uh, the, the, the year after, I could guess. I would guess Holloway, you'd love to have him available maybe in the second half of the season if he does well in the minors. You know, Lavoie, another guy. We've talked about some of the other prospects, Sam Rukoff on the, on the back end. So the Oilers need those players to develop, and we, I'm not going to go through it all the time uh, with it with every pick because we try that there have been nights i've done i remember a few years ago i i did a whole list of how the oilers uh it was something like they had ne- they had not drafted a 20 goal score after the first round in 20 years or something like that 
So you need to hit on some late round picks. And plus you need the first rounders to work out like Yamamoto, like Holloway, like Brobert, like Bouchard to, to just name a few. So a lot of storylines with the Oilers. It's going to be fun to follow it, but the immediate storyline is the draft coming up tomorrow. And again, five to 9 PM for our coverage. I'll be joined by Bob Stoffer and Bob of Oilers now from noon to two tomorrow. We will visit with Jody Shelley when we get back. Always love heaven from Bali Sports, Ohio, from the Columbus Blue Jackets broadcast booth, Jody Shelley on Inside Sports. Jody, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Uh, what, what a nice time. Huh? It's July, and, and here we have great weather and also hockey, lots of hockey stuff going on. So it's it's a nice time of year, isn't it? Yeah, talking about hockey much deeper in July than we're used to with the pandemic delayed season and everything. A lot of fun storylines. Like, how are you keeping busy? Or do you like... Uh, you had like bench pressing 600 pounds. You're driving the golf ball 400 yards, traveling. What's going on? <laughs> no 600 pounds. I have not lifted a weight since I retired. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I just chased my, my kids around. My son, Owen, is 12. He's addicted to golf, which is a good thing for dad. So I get more time at the golf course. Uh, my daughter, Evelyn's a swimmer, and, and we're campers. So we just parked the camper. We, we went around the eastern part of the United States, uh, toured around upstate New York and ended up down in, uh, actually down in, in uh, Maryland where they have this national park that has wild horses and we camped right with the horses down there. So that was actually great. We had a lot of fun, but I just stay busy uh, with the family, Reed. It's It's a good time for that. That must be, especially for you having played pro hockey and working as a broadcaster, you're, you see cities, but you're always in downtowns and on airplanes that must be an interesting change for you to kind of see it more on a on a ground level type of journey right at the ground level and it's uh it's it's a great way to travel we never make reservations uh with our with our camper uh we just kind of get in and see where it takes us so uh my first trip actually with my the maiden voyage we were headed to montana and took a, a right turn through Estevan uh, and up through um, up through Saskatchewan into Alberta and surprised my mom and dad there in Truett Park. So that was the first trip with that thing. So once we get in, I tell people, don't invite us to come visit because we will show up. And this year we ended up at Kevin Deneen's house in Lake George, New York, which was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Jody Shelley checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Of course, you uh, you hear about the show fairly regularly. He covers the Columbus Blue Jackets, but we always touch on a variety of things with Jody. And I want to ask you, now you do not have a, a draft story. You entered the NHL as an undrafted player, but you do have, I believe, uh, a free agent tale or two. I don't know if there's a, an experience that stands out to you, but you did have the experience that some players around the league are, are having and are going to have on July 28th. Never drafted. Uh, never, I mean, I was on the draft list back when I think there was 16 rounds and that would have been 1998, I think uh, deep in that one, but free agency, my, it was, it was such a weird time because I finished in San Jose got traded to New York, finished the season in New York, a uh, home-and-home series with the Flyers, and they had an offer on the table, and here we are at noon 
uh, and my agent isn't calling me. You know, he, he Pat Morris, one of the great agents, and he had Pronger and all, all these big names. And I knew I was sitting there sweating. And I was, I was in my house at noon sweating. And I knew this deal was there on the table, but I hadn't heard from my agent. And I didn't want to lose it. I didn't want the deal to go away. Uh, so I kept calling and bugging them and wondering if I was going to go. And there was talk about Edmonton, but Edmonton was in on Bugard. And, you know, the Rangers, were they going to have me back? And he was trying to figure that out. Where was Bugard going to end up? God rest his soul. You know, he, had, he ended up passing there a few years ago. One of the great guys in the NHL during my time. Uh, but I ended up finally getting hold of my agent and getting it done and signing with Philly and being very relieved that day. But I'll tell you, for a guy like me and my position, I don't know what other people have. I didn't get the big tours and the big, big, uh, invites to the cities, but it was a stressful day. But at the end of the day, it was a big part of my career. I believe you got a three-year deal with Philly. Was that, were, were you surprised? I mean, did you think you might have to take a one or a two or how did that come about? Yeah, it was because I said, you know, I was in San Jose uh, in February before the All-Star break in 2010, and that was the Olympic year. So I got traded before the All-Star break, uh, still kept my plans with my wife and a pregnant wife. And, and uh, we went to Hawaii after we got traded during that break because we were on the West Coast. And then we went from Hawaii to New York. Uh, and that's where we became a ranger and, and fit in there during the trade deadline. And then, yeah, I, I, you know, it wasn't a great year, but when I went to New York, I had this mindset of, I was going to enjoy every second as a ranger. I was going to enjoy the history of New York and, and the rangers and, and the players that had played there. And I was just going to just kind of go with it. And it turned out being the best thing for me because I played great hockey torch played me 14 minutes a game. It came down into that home and home series. I actually scored, I think I had three goals that game and two were against Philly at the last two games of the year and uh, turned into a, a nice contract. So was I surprised? Uh, yeah, I'd say it probably was a little, but I was thrilled uh, to go to Philadelphia and the way it all worked out. Jody Shelley joining us tonight at Inside Sports. Always appreciate looking back on those moments in your career, Jody. You, you always tell a good story for sure. Um, okay. Let's touch on a couple Oilers storylines here. Duncan Keith is an Oiler. Uh, I've been asking a lot of people about him. You would have uh, seen him a little more than some of us here because Columbus and Chicago were, uh, were in the same division. Uh, you know, what did you see? I, I mean, look, we know we're, we're not getting the, the 2010 or 2011 version of Duncan Keith. What do you think the Oilers are getting? I like the acquisition. I mean, I know Oilers fans. I know that they're on edge a little bit about it. I've heard some of the talk, but I think it's a wonderful move. And, and there's a couple of reasons why. And I like the way he plays. And when I think of Duncan Keith, I think of a player who can play and understands some of the best players in the world as teammates. He, Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, I watch Patrick Kane on the ice. We all do. And it's like, it's it's entertaining because what he can do at a high level, how he thinks the game and can react is incredible. But for him to have a guy like Duncan Keith out there who understands he can think and, and can really can facilitate in ways what he wants to get done, um, it's fun to watch. You, you can watch a play evolve through Keith and Kane, I think, uh, on the ice just because the way they, they're in, they're in, they're connected. And I think that's an important thing for Leon and Connor out there. I really do. And I think that when Connor 
listen, I know wingers who have who have played in the NHL for 15 years and sit today and have a beer and say, wow, what if I actually had a, a centerman who I could play with, you know? And I think that there are players that lack that that type of skill and that type of thinker on the ice. So I think he's definitely got that. Keith will bring that. The Stanley Cups, I'm a big believer, and I think we all should be of the veteran guy. And he's a player who's still mobile, uh, thinks the game at a high level, has experienced championships. And when you sit in the locker room, I know it's a long schedule, but when you sit in the locker room in playoffs, the adversity through the season, you need to know how to act, uh, how, you know, even after a loss, after a win, you see that pedigree rise. Everyone will be looking at Duncan Keith and Connor McDavid and, and Leon because they're the leaders. But more importantly for Leon and Connor, they're going to be looking at Duncan because I think that's an important role. And it's, a, you know, sometimes the coach needs to fill in. But in this case, it's a veteran guy. And you're going to see more guys, it sounds like, out there in Edmonton. So great moves out there by the management. Um, I think that that one is a key one. A really, When you can get a guy like that who's had a career like he has and for him to fit in there and bring what he can and to be excited to be out West and be with, with those elite players, uh, it's a perfect, uh, I think it's a nice, very nice um, ingredient to what the Oilers are, are trying to do. I'm glad you mentioned still mobile with Keith Jody, because I think that would be my number one question mark is maybe just skating and defending the rush, but you think it's everything's still fine there for Keith. You know, he anticipates so well too, you know, so he puts himself in the right position defensively and how he anticipates offensively and how he sees things unfold. I think his mind can keep him at that high level. Okay. Jody Shelley checking in tonight on, uh, on inside sports. All right. Well, look, man, we love having you on the show there. There is a lot going around with the Oilers. And of course, as as you know, every move is being picked apart. So (laughs) we've been doing a lot of, a lot of talk about that before I let you go just quickly, anything uh, stand out for you to about, about the Seattle expansion draft, whether it was who they picked the jerseys, the, uh, other athletes mispronouncing some of the names. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, that was all part of live TV. And when you do live TV, especially, you know, that that kind of magnitude, there, there, there's always something interesting like that. So I don't get too picky over that stuff. But I am not a, in my own opinion, and I'm not a, a you know, I'm not a GM. And, and Ron Francis had a lot of great options. But if I could get Carey Price on my team after watching him play and lead the Montreal Canadiens to the Stanley Cup final, in my opinion, I would have a very tough time uh, not taking him. I would, I, I would have made that a pick because I look at fantasy hockey even now, and I know that he is a top pick, uh, top five pick in most players' moves. You know what I mean? He's one of the top five goalies, and he's from that area. There are just so many great storylines there. Uh, even if he did that, what he did in the playoffs injured, he's a pick. I was shocked they didn't take him. Uh, maybe I'm in the minority, but uh, that's a move to me that I thought, wow, that would have been a gift for uh Yeah, that would have been a headline grabber for sure. Hey, it sounds like you're having a great summer, and i got to tell you, we really appreciate that you, you take time out of uh, some family time and some traveling to still hop on Inside Sports here, Jody. All the best, man. I enjoyed your question today in the Zoom call there with uh, w- with uh, the brass of the Edmonton Oilers. You're jumping in there. You're getting all the information. So keep up the great work, Reed. Anytime. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.